Welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. This week's quote comes from Dr. Daniel Pompa. She fasted her way to health. What's up, Keto Camper? Ben Azadi here. I'm excited to share my coach, my mentor, the most brilliant person in the health space, Dr. Pompa, with you. On this episode, he's going to talk about a lot of myths surrounding fasting, specifically block fasting, extended fasting, three, four, five, seven days of fasting, and why it's very important to go into a fast fat adapted because you'll get autophagy much quicker, you'll get much more of those benefits and none of the drawbacks when you do that. So he's gonna talk about that. He's also gonna dispel the myth that you lose muscle during a fast. And also, fasting used to get a bad rap before the science was out because they thought it lowered and weakened the immune system. And what we now know through science and research, the reason we see a drop during a fast in white blood cells is because of autophagy occurring. It's the body so stinking smart, so intelligent, it's eating up these damaged cells, tissue, bacteria, and it's lowering the white blood cell count, but what happens when you break the fast, you get a surge of healthier cells called stem cells. So he's gonna get into that. He's gonna talk about the importance of using fasting as a tool that's going to help you and you really need to know what you're doing. So this is gonna be a great episode for you to understand fasting some more. He's gonna go into the benefits of ketones and what to look for when it comes to a glucose and ketone ratios and get into the work of Dr. Thomas Seafried and how Dr. Thomas Seafried has seen cancer cells shrink before his eyes with maximum autophagy. I love this episode. You're going to enjoy it so much. And before I bring Dr. Pompa on the show, I want to thank you so much for choosing the Keto Camp Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please consider hitting that subscribe button. We release a brand new episode of the Keto Camp Podcast every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And here at Keto Camp, we are on a mission to educate and inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth. So we're so grateful that you're spending part of your day with us. If you have not left the show a rating and review on Apple Podcast iTunes, please do so right now. It really makes a big difference. And this episode is sponsored by the world's healthiest olive oil. Look, when it comes to olive oil, they're not all created equal. Even the top stuff that you see in Whole Foods and these high-end grocery stores that say organic, extra virgin olive oil, they're just not as good as we'd like. And here's how you know if your olive oil is one of the good ones or not. Go to your kitchen, grab it out of your cupboard, and take a tablespoon and drink that olive oil. If it burns your throat, makes your tongue a little fuzzy, hey, that's a good sign. That means it's rich in polyphenols and it's one of the good ones. But if it goes down smooth and you don't get any of that burning or fuzziness, uh, chances are it's not one of the good ones. The problem is that when it sits on the shelf in the grocery store, who knows how long it's been there? And it's exposed to light, and light is oxidizing that olive oil. So I actually get mine delivered to me every single month. I get three bottles delivered to me, and they're picked from four different regions all across the world that are picked seasonally. They are fresh pressed and literally put on a jet and flown to my front door. This is the best olive oil I have ever had in my entire life. It's loaded in polyphenols, which help reduce your inflammation, especially the inflammation around your cells. So now your fat-burning hormones can get into your cells, and you could burn fat, and you could feel good. So I hooked you guys up and got you a $39 bottle 
of the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club for one buck. That's right, one dollar. If you head over to www.ketocampoliveoil.com, remember that's camp with a K, you'll get a $39 bottle for a buck. That's www.ketocampoliveoil.com. Let's get into this episode with the greatest in the world, Dr. Pompa. You know, I studied fasting passionately in the 90s. It was with his dad. So we had that conversation yesterday, right? And, and uh, it was amazing because I put something together for the first time. I'm thinking, why did I shelf fasting for so long? Because we were talking about the miracles of what we saw with fasting. You know, this woman, she had a grapefruit-sized tumor, right? And Bill and I have just had this boldness when we believed in something, we were just all in. And she didn't want to do the surgery. They didn't, you know, it was a very complicated surgery, they thought, blah, blah, blah. I said, you need to fast. And, you know, I was studying fasting. She was the first person I ever officially fasted, right? 26 days later, all water, she was oozing out of her skin. I mean, this is my first official, like, fasting a patient, right? I mean, you know, who does that anyway, right? And she stunk so bad, her family was like, are you sure she's going to live? Because the whole house stinks. They had fans. They were creating literally cross-ventilation because they couldn't stand her smell. In the first week, I'm thinking, maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe she is going to die. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like reading it's one thing, but actually experiencing it's another, right? And, you know, she, you know, kept, she kept coming in. And as I saw her come in after a week, after the, she then started coming in bounding. She still stunk, honestly. But she came in bounding, and she would tell all these stories, and look at this, and look at my, my you know, I mean, just horrific things. And, and Bill kept saying to me, Dude, you think this is okay? You know, it's like, I mean, that was exact words. Dude, you think this is okay? You think we should keep fasting? Or I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'm like, oh God, I hope so. Bottom line, it worked out. She lived. No, her her tumor literally, by the end of that fast, it went to the size of a golf ball. And the doctors were like, holy cow. And then she did another fast and another fast. And by I think like the third fast. She fasted it away. She fasted herself to health, honestly. So that was my first experience clinically. I mean, of course, I fasted myself, and I, you know, had the experience with my wife, too. And I, I can't remember where that was, before that, after that. But, you know, we went in, and, and my wife had, this is when her hormones were jacked up. And we didn't even know it was from her lead at that point. And she went in, and um, they did a colposcopy. And they actually, or I think it started with a pap smear. And they looked at abnormal cells. They said it was stage four. You know, this is basically cancer already or one step away. You ha we have to go in there and remove blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm-mm, nope. You know, that was it. You're fasting. Because that's what I was studying. And <laughs> thank God it could have been something else. <laughs> but she did. Because my wife does what I tell her to do, no doubt. And she fasted. And... Uh, the funny thing, I never forget his words, because I said, well, we're just not going to do that, you know, and I didn't tell him what we were going to do, but his words were, you'll be back, and we never were back, and it all was normal, and that was so many years ago, you know, and I, I say, oh, gosh, imagine if I would have kept doing it, where would I be today if I kept studying fasting, doing it clinically, but you know what, timing is everything, the thing that was missing from it was the detox, 
Because, and honestly, because when people fast, and Shane talked about this yesterday, one of the big pitfalls is you dig so deep via autophagy into fat cells and visceral cells that people can get these crazy things that happen. And, and back then, like some of these clinics, I mean, they were fasting people long term. They, they just miss this because these people, looking back, I was like, gosh, they just missed the detox. And they missed something that is absolutely crucial. Shane mentioned yesterday about the study at 13 hours, you, uh, they see signs of autophagy, right? And, but that's only really in fat-adapted people, right? So there's a difference going into a fast, completely fat-adapted, and not. You know, one, one thing that the pro-loan people, and I love Walter Longo, I feel, I feel loyal to that group. I do, because of the research they're doing, and they love me. They love our message, and so I'm able to work closely with them and, and have access to their scientists, and some of them spoke at my seminars a couple times. Um, so I, there's nothing negative to say, except, and it's not negative, they've come out, Volter came out of the vegan world in the plant-based world, so his bend is that way. When they talk about fasting, water fasting, they talk about losing muscle, and you know, oh, you'll lose muscle, that's why a partial fast is, is better. And I love partial fasting, but I never would say one's better than the other because there's different reasons to do different fasts at different times. However, when they say the, all the muscle loss, you know, they, they're not understanding that when you go into a fast, fat adapted. That, you know, I think, you know, Dr. Fung at one of my seminars showed, it's, it's really lasts maybe 24 hours, right? Don, is that right? About 24 hours, that period of gluconeogenesis where the body will break down muscle. I'm thinking of uh, Fung's one slide of the study where they looked, but it's about a 24-hour period where you go through that process of losing some muscle. That's it. And then what does your body do? Because it's smart enough not to say, wait a minute, we can't cannibalize our muscle. We have to survive and run from a lion. So it starts that hormone optimization. It starts raising up growth hormone, and all these the cells become hormone sensitive, all because it says, I can't burn muscle. So it's not really true that in a water fast you lose all that muscle. That, that's actually a myth. But the fact is, is that when it's done right and we walk somebody through this process ahead of time, when they enter a fast, not only is the fast easier, but their results start day one. So when you look at the seven reasons I give to fast, you know, of course, autophagy. Everyone in this room now knows autophagy, right? And, and really what it's all about. You know, we get rid of the bad cells and the bad DNA. And then, of course, every cell your body gets rid of, because that's one of the myths, right? Your fault, how do your body get nutrition? Come on, it's so smart. It goes after the really bad cells to get what it needs to survive. And it gets rid of the bad, but here's the cool part. It will stimulate a stem cell, every cell it takes out and replaces. And we realize that some of these miracles that we saw in fasting back in the day, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't even understand the word autophagy or stem cells. As a matter of fact, one of the criticisms of fasting was that it lowers your immune system. All clinically, the answer that I heard was, well, look, all we really know is it brings down hyperimmunity and it upregulates good immunity. I don't know how that happens, but it happens. Well, today we know. Today we know that it's doing that. We, and the, by the way, the reason they gave that criticism is because we, you know, we would run bloods during fast, and you every time, 100% of the time, you see this drop in white blood cells. So that looks like a lower immunity. But what we didn't understand at that time and now do 
is the fact is, is it was getting, the body's intelligence was getting rid of all of those hyperactive, bad white blood cells that drive every, listen, every one of us have some level of autoimmunity, meaning, you know, bad cells doing bad things and driving some low-grade inflammation. So therefore, when you look at someone who just is extremely healthy, looks far younger than their actual age, I promise you, they have less senescent cells. Those are cells that live too long and do naughty things, drive inflammation. So they have low-grade inflammation, or they have less inflammation, and they have less of these nasty cells. So how do we get there? Fasting is really the only way that I truly know to really change your cellular age to that level. Now, again, if you're toxic, you've got another problem. That's why when we put these two things together, we have something very magical. But anyway, so we know that it gets rid of those bad white blood cells, and then what does it do? It raises up, it releases a new stem cell, and then you create a new white blood cell that's more naive. It's not driving the inflammation. It's simple. And that's why we would note that autoimmune would turn on. So that's the point. So anyways, you know, elevated ketones, you know, Shane talked a lot about ketones yesterday. You know, look, look, burn clean. He showed that, right? What we know that it activates stem cells, heals the brain, resets the microbiome. He, he showed all of those things yesterday. But here's the point I want to make about this. When we look at the clinically, the levels of ketones that it takes to truly reset the gut, most people aren't seeing those levels of ketones when they're in ketosis. Do you understand? It's the higher levels. And maybe that's an argument for, you know, periodically throwing down some exogenous ketones but the fact is, is the only way to get those higher levels consistently is fasting. And even daily fasting, to some degree, will give you those higher ketones in the afternoon. So when I'm not even in ketosis, my morning number, let's say I'm 0 0.2, 0 0.3 in the morning, and that's when you measure your beta-hydroxybutyrate, best time first thing in the morning. If you're over 0.5, you're in ketotic state for new people. But let's say I'm 0.2, I'm not in ketosis. By the afternoon, when I typically eat my first meal, say around 3 or 4 o'clock, I measure my ketones. I'm always in ketosis. I don't care if I'm eating 200 grams of carbs. Now, again, that's not going to happen to most of you. That efficiency comes over time as you become more metabolically flexible. And even when I switch my diet, I still benefit from some ketones later in the day. So we want to benefit from these higher ketones. When I'm in ketosis and I start my day, let's say I'm one or 0.8 in the morning. By the afternoon, oftentimes I'm 2.5, right? Depending on how long I make that fast go. If I just eat one meal, oftentimes I see even threes. So the point is, is that to really see the higher ketones that really can change the brain, heal the gut, we need these fasting states. Now, what we'll see is many people who are sick and challenged, they can't hit those levels until they do a five-day fast, right, docs? That we that fast people, right? I mean, we don't see those really high numbers, three to eight, you know, until we get down the road. The other magical thing that happens in a long fast is that if you study Seyfried's stuff, and he looks at autophagy as looking at how tumors shrink or not, Right, and that's how I came up with knowing if your coffee works in, a, in an intermittent fast or not. But yeah, So he watches the tumors, you know, if they're shrinking, they know they're in this autophagy state. And one of the things was is that to get the high levels of ketones, he always says, look, you could be looking at your ketones at three. This is a really important point. But if your glucose is still 80 or 90, you're really not getting those, those benefits that we're looking at in studies. So what they found is, is that when glucose was still up, 
we didn't see tumors shrinking. Even though the ketones were up, we didn't see the microbiome changes. We, so what's going on? So what we know is glucose has to drop and ketones have to rise. That's why I teach you guys how to measure morning glucose and ketones. And we want to see, even in an intermittent daily fast, we want to see that shift. Okay, if we don't see that shift, we're, we got something wrong, right? We need to go backwards and say, okay, let's relook at this. So we want to see that drop in glucose and raising ketones. So my point is this, though. We oftentimes don't see that happen until we do multiple fasts. By the third or fourth fast, now when they're intermittent fasting daily, now we'll see the glucose dropping and the ketones rising. So it takes a lot of different fasts and, and adaptation to occur before we can see that right thing happen. So don't be confused. Just because you're seeing high ketones, glucose is still playing a major, major role. And that's why it's important to clinically measure glucose and ketones. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I totally geeked out. This was a lecture Dr. Pompa gave in Park City, Utah earlier this year. I, I was actually in attendance at this lecture. It was at the Systemic Formulas um, Conference. And if you don't know about Systemic Formulas, they are my favorite company to get supplements from. And you could get those supplements over at ketocampsupplements.com. I'm going to put a link for this entire lecture, which can be found on the Systemic Formulas YouTube channel. I recommend you click that link today and watch the full lecture from Dr. Pompa. It is so good. He shares so many nuggets on keto and fasting during this talk. He is the best of the best, and you know why I feel that way, because you just listen to him speak. Be sure to check out Dr. Pompa's work. He has a great book that just came out called Beyond Fasting. So if you want to geek out into the science of fasting and keto, go get his book. Beyondfastingbook.com is where you could get it. Go to his website, drpompa.com, that's drpompa.com, and go listen to the previous episodes I've had with Dr. Pompa. He was actually the first guest of the show, and I'll put all these links, all these resources in the notes of this podcast, so make sure you go check that out and go follow Dr. Pompa's work. He is the best in the business. When it comes to fasting, it's very important to understand this keto camper. Fasting is a very powerful tool. It's my favorite tool in the health toolbox. A chainsaw is also a powerful tool, and a chainsaw could get the job done, it could get you amazing results, and a chainsaw could also hurt you and harm you and not get you the results you want if you don't know how to use that chainsaw. Same thing with fasting. It could hurt you if you don't know what you're doing. It's important to really understand this stuff. If you want guidance on how to properly work up to intermittent fasting and then eventually doing one of those block fasts that we know could help turn off bad genes and do so much good to the body, then I want to teach you how to do it. I have a structure in my Keto Camp Academy for anybody who's new to fasting and even somebody who's been doing fasting and they want to take it to a new level, I have a section for you in the academy and so much more. There's a 100 plus videos in the academy. There's videos updated every single week. These are videos you will not find anywhere else, not on my YouTube channel, not on social media, only in the academy. You will also get a monthly coaching call with me $600 worth in keto meal plans, all of my best-selling books. You're part of a private Facebook group, which we have an amazing growing community in there supporting one another. It is by far, I believe, the greatest thing that we've created here at Keto Camp. So if you want to become a member today and learn all about fasting, this powerful tool and how to do it the right way, head over to ketocampacademy.com. Learn about it. Now is that time of year to take action so we can make 2020 your healthiest year yet. 
I want to thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Please leave it a rating and a review on Apple Podcast if you haven't done so already. You'll hear me on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.